Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fontan with a Future podcast. My name is Taylor, and I'm a medical student living with a single ventricle heart. Join me as I explain Fontan physiology, explore new congenital heart disease research, and share about my experience as a patient and doctor in training. In this episode, we will talk about different treatment options for CHD, including surgical and non-surgical techniques. I will review the Fontan procedure and the goals of that surgical palliation, as well as new experimental treatments that are being developed right now. Before we begin, the information in this podcast is not medical advice. It's important to consult your physician before making medical and lifestyle decisions that may affect your health. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another week of the Fontaine with the Future podcast. This week, I'm very excited to talk about different treatment options and things we can do to address many types of CHD. I want to preface this episode by first saying that I am not a surgeon, nor am I going into surgery. So many of the things I will be discussing today will be in generalized terms. Each case of CHD is incredibly unique, and there are many surgical and medical considerations that go into the planning and execution of surgical procedures. Therefore, the information I share with you today will not at all necessarily be specific to you or your personal surgical procedures that you might have undergone. Not every CHD requires surgeries. There are some defects in the heart that can spontaneously resolve with age or really don't cause a lot of issues as a child grows. For instance, some children may have a very small atrial septal defect or ventricular septal defect that really doesn't need any intervention. As a child continues to grow and develop, sometimes the heart can close these things on its own. However, for children who do have defects that need intervention, There are two different ways we typically intervene. While open heart surgery is the classical example we think of to fix CHD, we can also use cardiac catheterization for certain heart defects as well. Cardiac catheterization is essentially a procedure in which a small catheter or almost like a guide wire is inserted into a peripheral artery or vein, usually somewhere in a wrist or in the groin area. This catheter can then be threaded up through the vasculature into the heart, where it can reach different areas of the heart. Along this catheter can be slid different devices, like balloons, stents, or other types of closure devices. For example, children with atrial or ventricular septal defects may be able to undergo cardiac catheterization, in which a small device is inserted into the heart and can be activated to close up the hole in their atrium or their ventricle. Cardiac catheterization can also be used to address certain kinds of valve stenoses. This is when a heart valve forms, but it is very tight or narrowed, so not a lot of blood flow is able to travel through. In the case of a pulmonary or aortic valve stenosis, sometimes a catheter can be threaded into the heart with a balloon on the end. 
This balloon can then be inflated to stretch out the valve and open it up. This is sometimes referred to as valvuloplasty. In addition to cardiac catheterization interventions, many congenital heart defects require open heart surgery. The challenge of open heart surgery is how do we operate on a heart that is, continues to move and circulate blood through the body. This problem was solved by the creation of cardiopulmonary bypass. Cardiopulmonary bypass consists of attaching tubing to the aorta or major artery leaving the heart as well as the inferior or superior vena cava, which is the main vein entering the heart. Essentially, these vessels are connected to a machine that can act like the heart and lungs while the surgeon is performing work on the heart. The blood will be removed, reoxygenated, and redistributed into the body, all without the need of an active pumping heart. During this time, we can use medications to stop the beating of the heart so that the surgeon has a still heart to work on. We also typically lower the temperature of the operating room. This helps decrease the metabolism of the brain to preserve the brain tissue and prevent any type of brain injury during this time. Many different repairs can be done during open heart surgery. Again, with someone who has atrial or ventricular septal defects, the surgeons can enter into the heart and patch over the holes between the ventricles or atria. Surgeons can also perform more complicated repairs depending on the anatomy of the heart they're working on. For example, in the case of Tetralogy of Fallot, the surgeons can patch over the ventricular septal defect that is present as well as repair or replace the stiff, narrow, pulmonic valve. For a case like transposition of the great vessels, the surgeons can perform what's called an arterial switch in which they essentially switch the aorta and the pulmonary trunk so that they are connected to the proper ventricles. Again, there are many different variations to all these procedures and a lot of the surgical interventions depend on all the different diagnoses. A child may have more than just transposition of the great vessels, so a surgeon may choose to perform a slightly different correction in order to also address other issues in the heart. Some of the most complicated repairs can occur when a child has hypoplastic left or hypoplastic right heart syndrome. In these cardiac defects, one of the ventricles or main pumping chambers of the heart is non-functional, so it's important to establish proper blood flow to the lungs as well as proper blood flow to the body. Many times, these patients receive what's called the Fontan procedure or Fontan palliation. It's important to note that this surgery helps compensate or work around the different defects in the heart, but it's not necessarily considered a cure. There still can be some issues and pitfalls with this procedure that a child lives with for their life. The Fontan procedure is usually performed in three steps, one happening pretty close to birth, and then the other two stages happening at a later date. The first stage of the Fontan is sometimes called the Norwood procedure. In cases of hypoplastic left heart syndrome, when the left ventricle is no longer able to pump blood, typically, 
the pulmonary artery, which sends blood to the lungs, and the aorta are combined together to form one large tube. This tube then delivers all the blood that is pumped from the functional right ventricle to the rest of the body. Additionally, during this procedure, typically a shunt is created, sometimes called the BT or the Blalock-Tausick-Thomas shunt. This shunt can move blood from the aorta to the lungs, so the lungs are still receiving some blood. Different variations of this procedure can also be used for patients who have hypoplastic right heart syndrome. The second stage of the Fontan procedure is called the Glenn procedure, and this can sometimes be performed when a baby is around four to six months, although it really varies depending on the surgeon and the cardiologist. During this procedure, the shunt that was created in the last procedure is removed, and the surgeon begins to connect the venous blood directly to the lungs. This happens by removing the connection of the superior vena cava from the right atrium and connecting it directly to the pulmonary artery so that all of the venous blood that is returning from the top half of the body no longer travels through the heart to get to the lungs, but instead goes directly into the pulmonary artery to enter into the lungs and then return to the heart to be pumped out to the rest of the body. The third and final stage of the Fontan procedure can sometimes happen at one or two years of age. Again, this depends on the surgeon. Some children have it much later as well. In the final Fontan procedure, the inferior vena cava is also disconnected from the right atrium and connected to the pulmonary artery. So now both the superior and the inferior vena cava are connected directly to the pulmonary artery. All of the venous blood is now delivered directly to the lung vasculature and then enters back into the heart to be pumped out to the body. This seems pretty complex sometimes, but I like to think about it this way. If the heart only has one working pumping chamber, you want that pumping chamber to be able to pump blood out to the body. That really requires a lot more force than moving blood to the lungs. Therefore, we can redirect all the blood that would be pumped to the lungs from the right side of the heart and simply dump it passively into the pulmonary arteries traveling to the lungs. Thus, we bypass the need to have a pumping chamber push blood into the lungs. There are many other surgeries and surgical variations that I could speak about, but to be honest, they're very complicated and it's hard to explain all these things without pictures. However, there is another treatment or option for congenital heart disease that I haven't mentioned yet, and this is heart transplant. Some people feel that heart transplant is the quote-unquote cure for congenital heart disease. However, heart transplant comes with a lot of other complications and considerations. People who require heart transplant usually had some type of heart failure that required them to receive a new heart. In order to receive a new heart, patients typically require a large workup or many different tests, and then they are placed on a waiting list until a heart becomes available that will fit their specific needs. After a person receives a heart transplant, 
they usually have to be on immunosuppressive therapy for the rest of their lifetime. This includes drugs like steroids and other drugs that can leave the body very susceptible to infections. Heart transplant is an amazing thing that we can do, and I'm so happy for all of my heart warriors who have been able to receive a heart. However, many of them I know can also share stories about the hardship of waiting for a heart and about the ongoing tests and medications they need to take to maintain their new heart. I now want to transition into a section where I talk about some of the new experimental techniques that we've been seeing. I've received a lot of questions about some of these techniques, and I just want to preface by saying that I'm typically very cautious when it comes to new developments in the world of treating CHD. A lot of the research and experiments going on are very exciting and promise new solutions down the road. However, they require a very long time to develop. Some of these techniques I'm going to talk about still haven't necessarily been tested in animals, let alone humans. And the bar is even higher for using medical devices and things in children as opposed to adults. So as I share these things, I want to celebrate the work that's being done, but I also want to manage expectations. It's possible that these things may be used in the future, but it may not be during my lifetime or yours. The first new development I want to talk about is a company called Heartworks. Many of you may be familiar with this group already, but essentially they are looking to develop autologous cardiac tissue. This means they could take a sample of your skin and generate cardiac cells from that sample, which could then be used to strengthen your own heart tissue. This is especially important in addressing children who have hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Their working ventricle can sometimes be a little weak and over time may start to fail. This group already has some amazing clinical trials running in which they inject some of these cardiac cells into a newborn baby's ventricle when it's undergoing surgeries for hypoplastic left heart syndrome. They've already seen some pretty amazing results in growing and creating stronger ventricles, and they continue to work on this tissue engineering. This could be super exciting down the road to address patients who are older and maybe experiencing a weakening of their heart muscle, as well as helping more babies with hypoplastic left or right heart syndrome continue to grow a strong heart. This technology is also interesting in that it uses the patient's own cells. So there is no concern about some type of immunologic rejection or the body not accepting this type of tissue. Another interesting technology that is being worked on and that some of you may have seen recently on social media is called the Fontan Blood Pump, also known as the Cava Pulmonary Assist Device. This device is still in early stages of development. Essentially, this pump would be placed at the junction where the superior and inferior vena cava connects with the pulmonary arteries. It would help generate a force or a pump to move venous blood to the lungs. It's almost like a substitute for the ventricle that would pump blood to the lungs. 
there's still a lot of work and research going on in this area as the group creates models and then tests it in animals. However, it is an interesting idea and one that many other scientists have tried to work on as well. The final experimental intervention I want to talk about today is something you've probably heard on the news. It is the pig heart transplant. This type of transplant is also called a xenotransplant, and it was recently performed in a 57-year-old man. The pig heart was from a pig that had been genetically engineered to express certain types of human proteins and to not express certain types of pig proteins so that the human body would be less likely to reject this type of organ. There have not been many studies on this type of transplant. Some work in the past has involved transplanting pig hearts or other types of animal organs into individuals who are already brain dead. We still need a lot of data on this type of transplant. However, it offers a very interesting option for patients who may need a heart transplant and are waiting for long periods of time on a transplant list. I think it's still too early to say whether or not this is a viable long-term option for people. However, it's very interesting to think about. At the end of the day, we have a lot of different treatment options for CHD, but we have very few, if any, cures. Some patients with defects like an ASD or a VSD may be able to enjoy a relatively normal life without any other complications or concerns down the road. For patients with hypoplastic left heart syndrome or hypoplastic right heart syndrome, they may experience more uncertainty and complications as they enter into adulthood. Some of these procedures, like the Fontan procedure, is really more of a palliative measure in that it does not fully correct the heart defects, but rather creates a type of circulation that can still support life, but is not the optimal circulation for the body. I'm so grateful for the amazing developments we've made along the way. For babies born earlier than the 60s and 70s, many doctors and surgeons had very few options to offer or very little hope to give to families. Today, we have so many amazing care centers around the world that are able to handle even some of the most complex CHDs. While we wish there were more things we could do for some patients or more solutions we could generate for those living with Fontan circulation, we still have made incredible progress. I'm so excited for the new research and work that will be done during my lifetime to address the many outstanding issues we still have. I think this is an especially unique time where there has been more funding and more interest generated in the congenital heart disease population. I can only imagine the new developments that will occur and the new ways we will be able to help patients in the future. Thank you so much for listening to this episode about different treatments for CHD. I would love to hear from you personally about your surgeries. Let me know if there are any interesting procedures or things that you have undergone to address your CHD. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fontan with the Future podcast. My name is Taylor, and I hope you will join me next week to hear more about CHD. If you want to reach out or learn more, 
follow me at Fontaine with the Future on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Hope to have you listening next week.